Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, the South Asian show on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth led radio station. My name's Gerns, and I'm joined here by Simran and Halima. Hi, guys. And that second voice you heard, it may be a bit worse for wear because it is the birthday girl, Halima. How are you doing? Well, the post birthday girl now. Um, <clears throat> I'm fine, guys. I'm perioding today. So, um, yeah, like Carla said, a bit worse for wear. Where? I don't know. I'm not the first. But you had a good birthday. I had a good birthday. I had a good birthday. Spent it with all my loved ones, my friends, and my family. It was very spoiled. Um, <clears throat> and now I'm 25. That's it. No build up, no dramatic moment. I'm just, I'm just 25 now, guys. We're here. Hmm. We made it. The rest of my life. The first day of the rest of my life, that's what they say. Hmm. How about you, Simran? How are you? I'm good. The weather <clears> is <throat> miserable here. I don't know about you guys, but oh, it sucks yeah. here. It is. It's so bad. It's so bad. We had like those two days of like, or three days of like sunshine. This time last um, week, I was on the beach. I was in so Brighton on the beach. Hmm. Yeah, this weather, the weather in this country is just so unpredictable. Like, yeah. but anyway moving how on how are to, you carla how am i i'm all right a bit tired from the pi radio event on the weekend but mm. i think anyone that was there had a, um, a good time i think obviously saw the video for Glistic, all of them <clears> and i believe tickets are now on sale for the halloween event 31st of october so make sure you Get your tickets for that. That's fancy dress as well. Afrobeats versus Ama Piano. So they are yeah. pumping these events out, man. I know. Mm, like, literally, it's like, on job. literally. But, I feel like the first one was such a big deal. And then ever since the first one was like such a success, they've just been like, right, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis the, at this point. The, just one yeah. after the other. The momentum, it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Riding the wave. But yeah, one thing that strikes my mind is Halima. Obviously, um, this past week it was your birthday, but in the week leading up to that, I saw a little tweet from you which <laughs> seemed to spike conversation. Um, so do you want to just let the viewers know exactly what happened there? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Daisy parents doing the absolute most when they have guests. <laughs> I don't know what your guys' experience is, is, is of this, but <clears throat> my parents, like, I mean, with any kind of guest, they're always very, like... So, obviously, like, Desi culture, very hospitable, like, and, and I'm speaking, like, uh, but also particularly, like, Bangladeshi culture, because obviously that's my own culture, that's where I can speak from. Like, extremely, extremely hospitable, almost, like, to a fault. Um, and also, well, to be fair, this, a lot of this is like um, like Muslim culture as well, because in Islam, like we have to like there's a certain like like um, courtesy and treatment that we have to give of guests, you know, in Islam. Um, but my parents are just so OTT, like they're so OTT, especially when it's like an important guest. So we had a dinner party like last week for um, an important guest. Oh my god, I can't tell you the lengths that my dad makes us go to because it was my dad's guest, basically. I can't, I can't, I can't even up my head this bit and trying to like remembering all the things that that man made us do. Like he had us cleaning like the inside of cupboards. He was mopping the porch <laughs> outside. 
he was like wiping the windowsill outside like I don't it's it's actually crazy it's mental and then my mom guys I counted and she cooked like eight different curries but then there was like eight different curries and then there was like two different rice dishes and then there was sides as well like like um you know some more say like pakora like um kebabs and like starters and stuff as well there was like five or six different starters eight different curries two rice dishes two desserts like my fa- my family all of a sudden think the house has turned into like a restaurant hotel and guess who's the staff <laughs> <laughs> guess who's the staff me and my siblings like we have to first of all we have to dress up like we're not allowed to be in normal clothes like we have to dress up and then do you know what they make us do in our like nicer working room literally like they ha- walk around with like trays of food that like, we are the ones that are serving them it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous it's too much it's too no, much I know I know what you're talking about because I've been in there I've literally been a waitress in my own house like I've done yeah. the same thing and I'm like why like they're not like, you're not meeting them for the first time they're not royalty they're not like you know right. it's like it's just your family members coming around and I'm like this is crazy like why are we like bringing out trays and trays of food and like there's like 10 different dishes and starters and mains and I'm like what do you know what yeah. I mean do you know what I mean like it's it, they I'm actually it. they they really think like your whole family reputation like like is contingent it, like rides on this one, one dinner. dinner party do you know what I mean I think it's, it's weird as well because if it was taking place like back in the motherland it probably would mm-hmm. be actual servants that were doing that and it's interesting yeah. how that kind of displaces mm-hmm. onto the um the, the younger generation yeah. for sure mm-hmm. oh my god that's actually a really interesting point because that is exactly how it would be and like I've been to India and I've seen that firsthand and it's just like whoa but yeah you're right that's how they just <laughs> put it all on us mm. yeah like, oh, you're literally running around like like so my my, my parents obviously like my mum will do a lot of the cooking and that will help her throughout the day and stuff and more time I won't lie guys my dad doesn't do anything <laughs> he just gives the orders he just gives the orders but this time around surprisingly he's helping a bit with the cleaning um and then obviously the guests come on because my parents have to like sit with the guests so then me and my sisters literally have to do like all the serving by ourselves oh my god guys no I even forgot to say the washing up oh, oh my no. god it's the worst it's the, the worst shit in the whole thing guys because okay so we have a dishwasher in my house but because my 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 mom's just so like she's just such a dirty mom like she would never use a dishwasher we use it to store potatoes everyone i know (laughs) that has a dishwasher dishwasher their mom does not let them use it we don't use it we've never used that dishwasher never like i find it bizarre that people use dishwashers we just wash everything by hand but now imagine you're you've got like so the food that I just explained to you it's like five or six different starters eight different curries two different desserts yeah and there's about what six seven guests I imagine how many dishes there were oh my god my back was aching guys my back was aching for days the thing I can imagine is was it you and all of, of your months. sisters as well doing it okay oh my god I forgot to say so it started off me and my sisters and then um halfway through the dinner party um my cousin my cousin was like also at our house and then she got a flu right she got the flu and then she just I don't know why she thought okay let me take a COVID test um 
and then everyone the, the rest of my sisters had been in contact with her and then obviously we had guests in the house so then they all basically had to be like oh well until we get the results from this test like we shouldn't go downstairs wow they just left me (laughs) they actually just left me but luckily this was like towards the end of the night when it was just washing up and like to be fair only one person can stand at the sink and wash up anyway but i got left with the rest with with basically the rest of the stuff that's one of them ones where you just kick everyone out and you put in music on you have to like zone out for like half an hour and just oh do you know what i mean do you know what i mean but i couldn't even do that because the guests were in the next room so i just oh they were still there (laughs) yeah yeah. and i swear they don't leave they never leave they just they overstay their welcome for so long and then it's like all right we're gonna go and then you know that means like 45 more minutes of talking oh my god and then i don't know if it happens i don't know if it happens if it's the same in like bangladeshi culture but oh my god benjabis is so bad for it and then then they'll stand in the hallway the conversation moves from like the the sofa to the doorway to the hallway (laughs) to the front door and then they're like in the driveway the car door open oh okay okay yeah all right (laughs) oh my god it's been an hour and a half since you said you were gonna go do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Oh my god! I can't do this. They're like, yeah, yeah. Next time, next time, I'm like, please, no. I can't. So in in Bangla, in Bangla, we have this phrase called Aya Khushtubilam, which means like, oh, I troubled you by coming. And it's like everyone says that when they're a guest at someone else's house. When you leave, you say, oh, Aya Khushtubilam. So like, oh, I troubled you by coming here. And it's it's like a it's just like a polite phrase to say, right? But it's like, well, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, you did but now what you're gonna come again and make mm. us go through it all again odds on you actually yeah. saying that to one of them oh absolutely not <laughs> i would get this my ancestors would be turning in their grave but and to be fair i know that this is a very similar thing in like a lot of ethnic households to be honest like and this this household in particular where that you're just on like an absolute like tight schedule of cleaning and cooking and serving it definitely prepares just... you for life like i'm not gonna lie guys i'm not yeah i'm not gonna lie guys i am an exceptional host yeah yes i'll same. be honest like me same. me like when i've been at uni or even when i'm at home and i've got like a free yard and i i like like i don't like my friends find it weird that like if i've made plans for my friends and stuff like that like it will be like a dinner party they're like who what like 20 21 year old 22 23 24 year old hosts a dinner party for their friends but for me like that's normal like normal. i also i also will cook like four different curries like it's it's so, it's just it's just it's just it's easy and it's just normal to me like so to be fair yeah. as as rigorous and and strenuous and demanding as it is it has made me very, very competent. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> Definitely sets you up. I think when I was little, the best thing used to be about these is that at the end, someone would just slip you like 20 quid. Do you get that as oh, well? Oh, yeah. Well, not. They just like randomly give you. I don't get it anymore. I'm like, now I actually yeah. need the money. Yeah. What was I going to spend it on when I was seven? I'm like, now yeah. I want the 20 quid. And I wouldn't even fight you. You know, before it's like, no, yeah, no, no, like, no, 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 no. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. No, no, no. Not, not anymore. I don't get it anymore now that I'm old. No monetary code. But that was no the best part when I was younger. Yeah. No. Yeah. Enough of my time, my effort. Oh. You know, Helena, yeah. talking about your cooking, we should do like a cooking competition at some point. I oh really want to sample yeah. it. Oh my god. Yes, guys, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. So my parents recently went on holiday and then they came back, but they landed at like 
um 1 a.m or like they, they landed late and it was like my my parents my sister and then my auntie and uncle's family and their kids um and obviously like they hadn't they were in Greece so like there's an island in, in Crete so there's nothing halal and like um I don't know if it's a case for you guys like where you can't really like like I don't know how long you guys can go without eating like curry like, uh, like for for me personally, if I got like if it's been like a few days and I haven't eaten curry, I just I I will, I will really struggle. But with my parents, it's like every day. Like my mum always says, she can eat, she can eat like all day nonstop and still feel as though she hasn't eaten anything substantial if she's not eating rice and curry. So obviously they really struggled out there. So then when they came home, like I needed to have like rice and curry made for them, right? So I made like four different curries, but there was one chicken buna that I made, guys. I'm not going to lie. It was the most busting chicken buna I've ever had. Well, it was nice. Won't was believe nice. until I've tried it. You know what? I'll get some for you guys. Let's, let me know when this cooking competition <laughs> is. I'm actually, I'm, I'm on it, guys. I'm on it. But what's your, what's your you guys' spice it? tolerance? Well, we did literally did the chili challenge. So. Well, uh, uh, yeah, but that was a bit that was a bit of an extreme though. Like, but just generally, like with with curries and stuff, what's your guys' spice tolerance? It's decent. It's decent. It's not. It's, it's definitely better than average. Yeah, like okay. I think just the like green chili is fine. Red chili is like as long as it's not ridiculous amounts. Like, yeah, whatever. To be fair, do you know what I cook? Like, I cook for my non-Bengali friends all the time. So, like, I'm actually used to having to reduce. Having to cook with that reduced spice. I know, I literal Jaden Smith. I can handle it. Yo. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you cook, Carlos? I think I can cook. It's just, I don't know about. The thing is, like, when I cook, I always end up just like improvising. Like, I never like. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Of like course. I literally just ended up going to the spice cupboard and like literally just being like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, that's how you're supposed to cook. That's like, how you cook, I, isn't it? Yeah. yeah like yeah. whenever my friends ask me for recipes and I'll be like, What do you mean recipe? Like I, I'm not guided by recipes, I'm guided yeah, by the spirit of my ancestors. You know, I just keep adding until yes. they tell me to stop. <laughs> yeah. Then all my friends keep of this running joke that oh like whenever Carlos cooks like he makes our stomachs go blah blah. I'm just like, you know what? I think What maybe, does that mean? Yeah, maybe you just can't handle it. Like there was what? this one this is one time where I made like chicken and like I marinated it in like um what's it called? Like yogurt and like um turmeric mm. and like all that. And then they mm. ate it and then I think they probably needed to go to the toilet afterwards and since then like they've just been like no I'm just like you know what like it's part nah, of the it's part of the experience stomach. it's part of the experience it's like, your guys' yeah. weak western stomachs not my yeah. food yeah I mean the majority of them are still bane but like still oh. I think it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like western yeah. bane <laughs> but what was I gonna say Do you, one thing I wanted to ask is in regards to this um whole hosting situation obviously mm. you're moaning about it now do you re- guys reckon you're going to be like that in like 20 oh 100 time? oh 100 100 no, not to the extent not to the extent and I feel like oh, I'm really? a bit more gentrified maybe than Halima is because now I'm like I take things into my own hands and it's less about like curries and stuff and I'll just make like fajitas for everyone or like lasagna and stuff like that like I'll just make it like simple and not that like 
Indian based, not for like special, special guests. That would still be like traditional Indian food. But like, but like, um, it's my sister-in-law's birthday this week and we're doing her birthday Aww. at our house. And it's just going to be like fajitas and like um, cheese boards and stuff like that. Like, like cute stuff, like not um, a whole big shebang. And also I'm very like, do it yourself like go and get your food and like I'll lay it out nicely and make it all beautiful decorated and stuff but like you guys can serve yourselves like I'm not about the bringing things in on trays and like doing all that anymore mm-hmm. now nah, I feel, I mean I, to be fair I I just love I just love curry guys I love curry I love cooking curry I love making curry I love eating curry I love feeding people curry I just love I just love curry you know what you know that all right that you know I that really race wasn't it you know, guys, I'm actually serious. You know when people say like, "Oh, you curry munch it." Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. She's absolutely. a stereotype, guys. Absolutely, I am. Like, I live, breathe, die curry, guys. It's the best food in the world. Me and my friend, me and my my Indian friend, that like, she's Indian Gujarati, we were having this conversation, and she was like, "Do you know what? That's one thing where I guess, like, obviously, I mean, Indian nationalism is a whole different conversation, but we know, we know what's up." And she's like, that's actually one thing where I will get like the teeniest bit patriotic about is food. And I'm like, you mm. know what? Like South Asian food, like Desi food is so good. Like sometimes it keeps me awake at night thinking about how good our food is. Interesting. But like we said this on, um, it was a long time ago now. It was yeah, our episode did. with uh, Shweta Sadani, I think. And yeah. when we were basically talking about how it's hard to like diet and maintain like a healthy diet when you're like living at home with South Asian parents. And it's obviously very difficult because of the butter and oil and stuff like that. But we were like, the food is not a joke, man. Like it's unparalleled. Yeah, the food is so good. The food is so good. And I just love cooking it for people. Like, And to be fair, I think, you know, like someone you were saying, um, like you're, you're, you wouldn't always do like the whole shebang. I think also like, the, like, um my family in particular because my dad and I, all my uncles they're literally in the hospitality industry so like our family business is restaurants right mm. so they they are like hosts like through and through like obviously in the yeah, culture yeah, yeah. hosting is so like intrinsic in the culture but then also their professions it is hosting like it doesn't it that 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 that, thing, that hosted exactly it doesn't need them and I grew up like watching mm-hmm. that so I think like it's really I've really really inherited that you know so like even with like friends and stuff like that I'm just that's just naturally like when I'm at uni I'm always that friend that's like feeding everyone basically <laughs> like instead for me to be doing my thesis it, it is due in one week I haven't even started it instead I'm walking around Cambridge like handing out pots of curry to everyone individually <laughs> Uh, I wish I'd had you around at you. You said procrastination. Yeah. Could have used those three pots of curry, not gonna lie. Uh, Carla, don't worry, I'll bust you. I'll yeah, you. I'm like, how has Mango Masala been going on for a year? You're talking about being a good host and I haven't even had any of this. Like, okay, what's your favorite? What's, what are your favorite curries? It's like, honestly, anything. Like, I think I like kind of coconut stuff, I think, probably. Yeah. That. Okay, that's interesting. Well, we don't really cook with that much coconut in Bangladeshi cuisine. Mm. You know well, what? I'm gonna. Sorry, I'll, sorry I'll, I'll give us. you guys. I'll I'll bring in some Bangladeshi food. Yeah. For you to try. Some traditional Bangladeshi it. food. But we yeah. Your Bangladeshi food taste test. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Have you not seen those Buzzfeed videos where it's like trying food from around the world? Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god! Yeah. Content idea. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm going to play gonna play a little bit of music now, but when we come back after the break, we're going to be delving into the recent abortion goings on in Texas. Yeah, I wanted to talk about something a little bit more serious now. Um, mm. And Halima, I know you're the one that brought this up, so do you want to maybe just give the initial debrief? And also, obviously, mm. the, obviously this topic as well, like, I'm going to let you two take charge because like I don't mm. want to speak over yeah. anyone so yeah go and I guess it. also slight trigger warning as well for the type of oh yeah we're going to be talking about yeah. um, the abortion laws in Texas so just yeah. in case anyone's a little bit cautious of listening to that mm. mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah so like you said we're obviously talking about the abortion laws in Texas Texas where um, I don't know if they if it's been introduced or they're in the process. Like, it, it, like if it's been uh, like ratified or if it's just been the law, the bill has just been like um, uh, preemptively like introduced. But basically, they're now saying that they're gonna they're trying to ban abortions past um, six weeks, um, which is a bit like ish. I don't understand because like if you understand anything about pregnancies, then you know that it. At, at the very least the more time it takes you like at least a month to basically know that you're pregnant because mm-hmm. like your first missed period um is that obviously the first kind of like warning signal um which then gives you two weeks to basically come to terms with the fact that you're pregnant make the decision of whether you want to go through it or terminate like forever um, which in itself is is a life changing de- decision. By the way, like it is, like I'm not saying this lightly. It is a life changing decision. Either way, whichever way you go, you know, if you find yourself pregnant and you decide to have an abortion, or you decide to keep the baby. Both both like outcomes will change your life, like probably forever. You know, um, so you've got two weeks to find out you're pregnant, come to terms with it, make that decision, book your appointment, and then have the abortion. Basically, which is it's no time at all. So. They say, you know, they give these caveats like, oh, we haven't banned abortions completely because it's only up to six weeks. Like, it's only a time thing. But really, no, you have, you know, like you've made it so that people can't really maneuver the situation, um, you know, with sensitivity and like, um, like actual having made an informed decision. Mm. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like they, like you said, it's like them saying it's not been banned completely, but here's, we're going to do everything in our power to make it next to impossible for you to access one. And like, you know, there's, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely, extremely pro-choice before I say this, but like, obviously there's different reasons why women choose to abort their pregnancies. And, you know, for some mm. people it's medical for some reason, for some people it's like, you know, financial, there's like, you know, there's, and it's not our business anyway to know, I don't think, yeah, but there's exactly. so many different reasons. Well, not even our business, let alone the government. Um, there's so many reasons why people choose to go through that and it like you said it's a very sensitive thing for a lot of women and it's life-changing regardless of your stance on it um mm-hmm. it's just a shame that it, in 2021 in big big America like it's still in the hands of like white male decision makers and policy makers in their government I mean that's the thing isn't it like when you look at like the the, the board of people like who come up with these decisions it's men Mm-hmm. Like it's men and it's actually baffling. It's like, how are you making a decision that's such a big decision on behalf of women and our women's bodies that you have zero insight? Like, zero insight. And I'll, and I'll guarantee you that they took very, very little counsel as well. You know, like, very, like, minimal, the absolute minimum. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's just it's it's insane in it because it's like essentially what you're doing is you're not and 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 this is a conversation that we need to be having because it's it's not that you're banning abortions abortions will never be banned just like they weren't banned so just like abortions will never not exist just like they didn't not mm-hmm. exist when they were banned completely what you're doing is opening up a black market mm-hmm. now what you're doing is putting women who if, if like the thing is that they think an abortion is just like an easy thing you know like from um you know women that I've spoken to that have gone through it and things like that from my understanding like it is something that even even if it's like the right decision for you and even if it's a decision that you've made that's informed and and you know and all of those things like it's still such a like psychologically and emotionally mentally physically like difficult mm-hmm. ordeal to go through um and they're acting as though like people like that that, that people that it's just like an easy thing that it's just they're not understanding the gravity of, of women that go through it, right? Um, so no one would like willingly choose to, to to put themselves through that unless they had like valid reasons, right? Um, and they're forgetting the fact that if a woman is going to the extent of having an abortion already, she 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 needs it or she wants it or whatever else, or like banning it is not gonna stop that woman from trying to get it. Yeah, as in like they say they don't they, they you can only you can't ban abortions you can only ban safe abortions abortions people will still find yeah people will still find their way to get access to one that could be so detrimental to their health so dangerous for them because obviously like you said it's opening up a black market for people to then get give women the tools they need to access abortions when the government who should be responsible for giving them that access is taking that away based on you know thousands like thousands of years old centuries old religious based laws that have been in place mm. for years and years but that we've learned time and time and again across the world don't work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also like people people will there are some people out there who will like look at the situation going on right now and will use it to exploit like uh, but like sadly like mm-hmm. there are people who will look at the situation and be like oh my god a market has opened up Mm-hmm. you know and they, they will go and they'll be exploitative and there are people who will you know advertise abortions and they're not even qualified mm-hmm. or like they'll send it's women so to dangerous women, situations like, yeah the women now living in texas yes it's been the people now living in texas like now they're in this regime where they feel like they can't have access to a safe medical procedure regardless of the reason why they fell pregnant or with the, with the reason why they would like an abortion it's you know like I said it's not 2021 like when we're supposed to be moving forward and right now we're moving backwards and this is like America we're talking about like when it happened in like Ireland I think it was a bit more like Ireland's always been that way like they've always had really strict abortion laws Poland was the same um I think there was a place in South America but there's there's places where you think that they'd have much stricter laws against but I think but I think that's just become more progressive and drop them I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that's that's a misperception that people have about America because of the way that America expresses and and, and brands mm-hmm. itself. You know that whole saying that land of the free, like America. No, I agree. Branded, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, America has that branded itself on on like this this rhetoric of like land of the free, but really like it's a it's a country that's built on like slavery and Jim Crow. Like there there's there's you know demographics in that country that have never been free. So. 
um, where people might look at him and be like, oh my God, that is so out of character for America. Can't, you know, I would expect it in other countries, but I would never expect it in America. And I'm like, well, you've not been mm-hmm, paying attention mm-hmm. because I would expect it in America. Um, mm-hmm. me, me and my family, like we literally yeah. last night, we just finished watching Hands Made Tales. Um, I don't know if you guys know about it, mm. if you watched it. No, anything like that. Yeah, so basically, like for those who don't know, it's, it, it's a show and it's like a dystopian future. Um, and it's a country called Gilead. Um, which was what was America and America turned into Gilead basically and um, it's basically there's like environmental damage and because of that women have become most women have become infertile so then um, the women that are not that are fertile like the hand the, the small percentage of women that are fertile they're basically forced into um, uh, uh, reproductive like slavery um, so they serve as like handmaids to like so so Gilead is a country where it's it's crazy. It's like this like super, super, super like religious country where like obviously all the men are in charge and like all the women they all have to like dress the same and like women occupy like four like four or five one or four or five roles. And like they're either like the commander's wives, which are like the higher highest up in society, or the handsmaid, which are like, you know, the they're basically treated as cattle, or they're like masters, which are like like um like house help and stuff like that and like women aren't allowed to like they're banned from reading um you know they just, they have basically no rights and it's all like the show is really 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 good like I would definitely recommend people watch it if you guys haven't um but also it makes sense that it's in America like mm-hmm. it, it it totally makes sense that it was America that turned into Gilead um yeah it's just it's scarily like whenever news like this comes about and it's like it is scary how much you can how believable something that is supposed to be fictional becomes you know yeah like obviously like the 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 show depicts like an extreme oh my god like women are treated like cattle and stuff like that and that obviously that's not what society is but there are other things like, like certain themes, you know, when they're talking about like patriarchy and all that kind of stuff. And it's like the themes are the themes are relevant today, like to, 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 to society right now, even though the manifestation of it is different. What is being explored and ideas and certain manifestations like they are they're still re- like they're still resonant. Mm. Do you guys think that there would ever be a possibility of similar to what's happened in Texas happening in the UK like as in 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 England I don't think so because they'd have to be backtracking on their laws quite heavily right now because like I was I was going to say like I as a woman in this country in terms of those laws we are privileged that we have like the leniency that we do um compared to Texas I want to say um I think for them to do something like Texas has done would be a massive backtrack on their policy as it currently stands and that would be met with so much backlash and also our country just isn't rooted in Christianity as hard as the USA is so I feel like they wouldn't have a lot of like moral backing from a government point of view to enforce those laws because while we are a Christian country I don't think it's as the widely, demographic like, is not as like yeah it's not as deeply rooted in our like political infrastructure or social infrastructure it's not so much we're based in religious here religion here Mm. Mm, yeah I mean yeah I mean I I would hope that the UK doesn't follow suit but if I'm being completely honest I don't think that I would be 
maybe entirely surprised not because of like I get I get I get what Simon said in terms of like religiously it wouldn't make as much sense because people are not as like fundamentalist as they are like in America um but the thing that wouldn't surprise me is just like just just breach of human rights in it like well, this is the same government that recently they've just passed like a protest bill mm. <laughs> or in the, they're in the process sorry of passing a protest bill <laughs> Mm. nothing nothing surprises me anymore i think this country is a bit more nationalist from like a colonial point of view in that like you know we talk about football hooligans and where that's rooted in things like our policies on refugees and immigration those are more rooted in like colonial attitudes i think whereas in america i think a lot of it stems from like really old christian views and like the religious religion fundamentalism yeah. yeah and the religious fundamentalism that's rooted in things like the declaration of independence you know in their amendment their rights and stuff like that i think that's the difference between here and there and that's why i don't think they would be able to get away with the, uh, passing an abortion bill like, like, like texas is because i think it would be met with so much backlash of people just saying like where have you got this from like where has this stance come from especially when obviously correct me if I'm wrong but I believe up to 24 weeks in this country you can have one without it without you needing like a medical reason for it so I think it'd be a massive massive backtrack on what you currently have in place to enforce something similar to Texas's mm, there'll definitely probably be a bit more like uproar I think I it's probably people I think it's probably worth saying as well like obviously um again speaking completely from what i imagine to be it i can imagine like you said that it's a massive um emotional um a lot of trauma involved in the decision making of whether to or not get an abortion for the majority of people but obviously if there's anyone listening who has had an abortion or might get an abortion in the future that doesn't necessarily mean that there's any obligation for you to feel that way like I think there are some women who literally it doesn't it's not a big deal to them and that that does that doesn't mean anything in terms of like oh like you're oh you're heartless or you're this like at the end of the day Mm -hmm. you're uh, it's It's your body your decision like every every woman's prerogative is every woman's experience like Mm -hmm. that's absolutely nothing to be said on your like moral judgment or you as a person like um, that's your body and it's your decision there's nothing there's yeah. no way there's no right or wrong way to feel and no one should let you feel that way yeah um, and they should it, it doesn't negate the fact that at the end of the day it's this whole idea of body bodily autonomy and like yeah. e- even if you're not even if you're literally completely not bothered by the idea of aborting your um, unborn child you that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the opportunity to do that up to a certain point that it is mm-hmm. medically feasible slash mm. human humane to do so like yeah mm. yeah yeah it's just yeah. scary times isn't it scary times but well i mean not really because it's been going it's been ongoing mm. um it's just sometimes when the, when laws like this are introduced and it kind of reminds you of like actually you know the, the veneer of like civility is quite strong in the west um like the facade of um progressiveness and liberalism etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you remember oh, actually no it's not the case yeah. um i don't have any to mind but i suppose if anyone's listening that needs resources i'm pretty sure there are tons online so just honestly it's just a google mm-hmm. job i imagine sorry mm-hmm. we can't give you any 
direct unless any of you have any like you know I'm top of my head right now I can't think of any but I can compile some when we post this yeah yeah yeah. we'll put it in the YouTube description yeah yeah but yeah um Someone say some things that lift the mood. <laughs> Anyone want to wrap? So the Met Gala happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should wrap a little bit. Lift the mood. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually, I'm actually a rapper, you know. Mm. What? Anyway, right, so <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I, just watch. Um, I love the Met Gala. Yeah, I'm into it. Like I love seeing the outfits every year. This year was the one year where I swear to God, no one understood the theme. No one understood the assignment except Iman. Yeah, what was it? It was something like, what, um, American something? I will read out to you word for word because it's, it was America, essentially. Um, but then again, what does that mean? Like, there were so many ways that you could go with it and everyone just went really basic, obviously. Yeah, so, so, so many people just went in suits. Um, a lot, a lot in of America, Alexa, in fashion. Yeah, it was in America, a lexicon of fashion. But like America can mean anything. You go Native American, you go like America as we know it, you could go like, you know, anything. South America, you can literally do anything. And everything, yeah. every female followed a format of like Statue of Liberty in some way or another, which was like the most obvious choice that you could possibly make. And then men just came in suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of people did it even, did it even, like I don't, I'm not, um, particularly like into like you know high fashion or anything like that in that way like the fashion industry mm-hmm. um but I do enjoy the twitter commentary <laughs> <laughs> like yeah there were definitely a few like standouts people like some outfits were incredible but I can't name you many besides like a very small handful that stuck to the theme like some were like amazing outfits as they were like if, if it was any old mm. color but if but like in terms of the theme of america i can't t- name a lot probably more than like three or four that i would look at and be like oh that, that really but the, people have been people have been saying that though like the met gala has been falling off like everyone said that the last the last like good met gala was like 2018 you know when they did um I think- heavenly bodies it's become so like influencery now. Like they've, yeah, they've that's brought the thing. so many influencers, so many people that like even you were saying, Halima, before we started recording, like you don't even know who half these celebrities are anymore because it's true. Like yeah. so I look at some some of the people and they're all tagged and stuff, and I go on there, they've got millions of followers. I'm like, I've never heard of this you? person. Like I mean, yeah. Alison Ray's there, and that's not me like hating on Alison Ray, but like you know, we we have a certain assumption of what makes a celebrity, and I think a lot of people like have their stick-ups about things like TikTok influence and how people gain massive mm. followings from making dances on TikTok. I'm like, for that person I literally saw a next tweet. to, like, Frank Ocean at the Met Gala, I'm like... Yeah. I literally crazy. saw a tweet that was, like, next year, they won't be surprised if they see UK influencers on the red carpet. What, like, Loz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised Molly May hasn't gone yet. Yeah, yeah oh, my God, Molly May could... Molly May could 100% be in that Gala 2022. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I would, I would not, the way, I would not with be the surprised. way celebrity culture is going, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised. But even, like, they're doing big things for, like, Spanish influenced or celebrities, like Jay Balvin, Rosalia was there, like... So they're doing big things in terms of, like, international mm. celebrities, because I think before it was very North America-backed. Mm, mm, mm. But, yeah, I'm, I don't... I don't um, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, it's not something that I like look out for, but then I do look at what people post. Mm. And um, yeah, I can't lie, guys. Like a lot of people weren't making effort. There was some, there was some um, 
uh, outfits that were just like, I don't understand uh, what is actually going on here. I really don't understand. Some were so awful. I was just like, oh, you didn't like who? I know, I know for the whole there's so much prep. <laughs> I don't know who it was with that horse dress. Oh, well, <laughs> I the horse dress. Hang on, can I put my phone up to the thing? Yeah, go for it. Oh my god, I need to find a horse dress. Guys, talk. <laughs> Hang on, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk, don't <laughs> talk. Oh, um, Kim, what's her name? Yeah. I don't know who that is. That I she sings that song Kim called Petters. Malibu. Kim Petter. And then someone someone showed like uh, Kim, like, so Kim Kardashian, and they were like, okay, yeah, she's never she's never leaving Kanye. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no way. I'm confused. Like, aren't they trying to like sort out their divorce settlement currently, and yet they're going to the Met Gala together? I think or she stood by him with all the Donda stuff, like the pre-release yeah. Donda and all the listening parties and stuff. Nah, but, but did you see um, the screenshots that she took with like it was literally at, at, it was literally at zero seconds and the volume was completely <laughs> turned down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She wasn't actually listening. And also, oh so, like, um, also, um, AOC was there in her dress, like yes. hack the rich, which I mean, people had mixed another... opinions about that. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like, that's a conversation probably that we need to have like um in a separate episode because a lot needs to be said about like the celebritization of you know of like you of know political figures and, and stuff of, like that. Like yeah, of sense. political figures and like the commodification of like what is essentially like so a communist um uh or like at the very least like socialist sentiment like Mm-hmm. And just AOC in general, to be honest, a little bit, you know, like champagne socialist. I'm not really, I have very mixed feelings about her. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Another um, one with the slogan though was Cara Delevingne with Peg the Patriarchy. Peg, Peg the Patriarchy, yeah. And then, like, when you go on, like, her, someone like posted a quote retweet with a screenshot of like her family background. And this, like, she's from like nobility, like, all her, like, her family, yeah. her, her both her like grandparents, like all her grandparents and her parents, and all of that, they're all like barons and baronesses and yeah. lords and ladies and all that. And it's like, okay, like I just don't, I just I, like celebrities are just, it's just such a trip. Like it's such a trip. Like why are celebrities? And then there was another woman, I don't know who the hell she was, but she came and she was talking about like women, she had like a dress that says like women's rights or something like that. I don't know. Oh, and I just find it, I find it hilarious when like celebrities come. And make these, you know, uh, state like fashion statements about, you know, patriarchy and equal rights and justice I mean, and all these things. And, and it's like I you're think. not on it. Like you're not on it. You're yeah. not on it. Like why are you chatting? You know, you're not on it. And it's just it's it's so bland. It's so one dimensional. It's it's just vapid. What an absolute vapid like stance to take. Like there's nothing. If you were on it, abolish celebrity. Abolish your own celebrity status. If you're actually about it. But here you are wearing a dress that says equal rights. What the hell is that going to do? Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me bring awareness to women's rights. Who in the world has not heard about women's rights? I think it's just <laughs> interesting how much they must have thought, like, okay, yeah, this is a good idea. This is going to go yeah, off. this is a good idea. This is a good they idea. Really yeah. they, did something. they really came That's on and they thought, oh, my God, I'm making a statement. Like, I'm going to cause ripple. Then it's like, for who? Yeah. For who? With Met looks, though. 
I've seen like how much like the stages of the design that they go in that goes into these outfits, and not just like the political one. I'm talking about every outfit, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The work they do, like face to face with each designer, the amount mm. of, like months of planning go into these outfits for you to then chuck a really hollow statement on it or a horse. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Who approved the horse thing? You know, like two three months of planning with the designer for them to say yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, that's the, but that's the thing though isn't it because it's like so many celebrities in one space at once that everyone's trying to do the most to just like stand out so they just think that what is yeah. the most outlandish thing that I could wear and then they just go and put that on I, 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 I clicked on the I clicked on that horse dress yeah and it took me a second to clock that it was a face of a horse on her like torso and I thought <laughs> oh this is like a nice colourful outfit then I was like are you serious? The horse was bloody staring horse right girl. at you. Horse girl got horse taken girl. to another level. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, make sure that you keep an eye out on TikTok slash Instagram at Mango Masala Radio because Simran is going to be putting out her own little review of the... Let me just <laughs> preface this and say that I know nothing about fashion, contemporary fashion. Come I don't know what I'm talking about. Me. I would just be giving my opinions. Nah, like Simran went to art school and everything. She knows exactly what she's talking about. Like, don't listen to it, guys. Simran. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the creative director for bombing. But yeah, make sure you keep an eye out for that. But otherwise, I think we're gonna cut some music now. And this is where we're saying bye to you guys. So thank you. Bye guys. Bye guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. I am now joined by a very special guest, Mr. Palumi Fateo. Is that yes. pronouncing it correctly? Yes, yeah, yeah. Cool. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I was just saying, I've literally just walked up the stairs. I always do this. For those of you that don't know, Pi Radio is the fourth flight of a building. Yeah. And there's no, there's, there is a lift, but it's very unreliable. Yeah. So you literally walk up the stairs and then I always arrive, like walk straight into doing something and I'm literally just like sweating, but yeah. it's just like, ah. It's but a lot, it's a lot. Hopefully throughout the course of this conversation can calm. just come in some meditation. And yeah. But yeah, for people probably listening to this don't necessarily know who you are so you yeah. can just give like a little bit of background just about you personally yeah so about me um i am 21 um i go to uni um where i do computer science um and i'm about to start my masters by the grace of god because when i tell you third year and dissertation was mm-hmm. not the one mm-hmm. um and yeah also like do some stuff outside of uni um which is like basic foundation and whatnot and yeah i manage a girl group by the way you manage a girl group yes i, I did do. not know that yes and they're called symphony with an i so it's s-y-m-p-h-o-n-i and then instagram is underscore i they make r&b music like a bit of pop right. a bit of folk music some would say um so yeah you should Check them out. Well, yo, send us a track and we'll play it like during this. Oh, please yeah, do. We're gonna please do. do. Those of you that are listening, that's coming up from yes. now. Yeah. But no, that is really cool. I genuinely didn't have any idea that you were. No, no, like, because like, it's something that, like, with that, that I did, that I did with them when I was in college and, like, I love managing people and whatnot. And, like, music is really cool. So, yeah, yeah. Sweet. So. 
Obviously, the way we met was actually during our most recent Pi Radio Let's Talk About It debate, which was yeah. regarding the COVID vaccine, which we were doing just to kind of not necessarily force people to get the vaccine, but just trying to dispel any myths and just pull the information out there on the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the reason why we reached out to you was because you're obviously part of the Creation Foundation, yeah. and I know that you have your own medics yeah, podcast within that. Yeah. So do you want to just maybe go a bit into what Creation, Creation Foundation, Foundation actually is? Yeah, so um, Creation Foundation is a platform, it's a collective that um, I co-founded with someone called Samuel Remy Akinwale. Um And yeah, what we do is we make socially conscious content, um, like Crisis Talk. Um, so Crisis Talk is a podcast that I'm on as well. Um, and it's where we dis- debate, discuss and dissect the issues affecting the black community. And... Um, Along with that, we have a, the Young Medic show, and that was a show that we just um, made or to like came up with. That I came up with so that like we can help educate young people about their health and well being because I think it's so important that like, young people, especially after COVID, because that's how like the idea literally came came about was because like people. Um, I feel like young people were like disregarded and disrespected in so many ways mm. when it came to COVID-19 yeah. and even to this day when it comes to the whole um, pandemic. So I just thought it would be really cool to make, to have like a platform where people can talk about health and well-being. Yeah. So we did, a, we did an episode on mental health, we did episodes on sexual health, like just to get people talking and whatnot. Mm. Um, but yeah, 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 sweet. You're all right. <laughs> Um, so would you say it's so obviously when I first heard about it I thought mainly this is about health but it actually seems to be more just about just generic how um, the social political tangents that black people yeah face yeah like literally because um, I think um, Christian Foundation as a as a whole what we do is we just want to make good content and make content that has like impact eventually Um, and I think right now um, it's not necessarily that it's like we just like make stuff for black people I need to word this right Mm -hmm. it's not just about the fact that um, like being black for example like anybody can watch the content that we make any anybody can listen to content that we make um it just so happens that right like it just so happens that like we um we we are black that do it um but we're open to like work with everyone and anyone um and i i think that sometimes um black people sometimes like are scared to go into certain spaces especially Mm. within the creation creative field um so we just wanted to have a hope where like young people can go to and young black people and young people in general can go to just to be like oh okay i want to make something um and that's why we really wanted to connect with pyrajo as well because how we how we connected with pyrajo was we had a challenge um called the why create challenge and um it was a beats challenge so rappers singers or whatnot would like Wrap up for a beat or whatnot, and then they had to use why I create in the in the in the in the in the freestyle, mm-hmm. and we linked up with. Um, I talked to first of all, I talked to um Mona Lisa first, and then Mona Lisa told me about um Sparks to mention um, message Sparks, and then Sparks 
put me in contact with t- um, DJ Tunes and then yeah, yeah. yeah that's and then so what I did we just like to tell that story because I really like I, I want to get across that networking is so important like and you never know who could like link people together mm-hmm. and then from there we now decided to like um, now we're now we're working fingers crossed with um, Power Radio so hopefully like we're gonna be like seeing seeing some content um, with Power Radio very soon so yeah like. Networking is so cool. So mm. I think that's a that's a really important message to put out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I think especially having obeying parents, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time it definitely encourages this idea of get your degree and that's gonna literally get you everywhere in life. But yeah. there is so much more to it than that. No, it, literally. And networking is one very important thing, like in especially in the creative industries, mm-hmm. a lot of it is about who you know rather than necessarily what you've done obviously exactly. it's still important but yeah. like you still need to be able to navigate your way and say oh yeah so and so yeah we met like yeah yeah and what i love about pyrator as well is the fact that like it was so um open like I, I, because when i first messaged i was like oh my god they're not gonna they're not gonna reply back and then i got a reply back i was like oh my god whoa and it was really cool to like to see that happen and it was really all it was really cool to also give like the the young people the opportunity to you know be on manchester's um, number one youth-led radio station um and yeah so i yeah i love the fact that that, that happened um and it, it literally just happened in those those um events that i, that I said yeah yeah no and obviously i'm really happy to see hopefully this content taking place because i think whilst we're a youth-led radio station and we obviously put out a lot of fun content and not not so serious um well not necessarily that what you're doing is is like like boring no i get what you're saying but like it's good to be socially conscious yeah it's good to actually have that Mm -hmm. and actually make sure that even the balance out a bit so that we're like yes we're having fun but also like these especially because when you think about it, the pi radio's audience is um probably majority or at least 50 percent bame and or specifically black yeah like, yeah yeah no i get exactly what you're saying and i think that's something that we wanted to like um bring in and something that we wanted to um collaborate with because i think that um pi radio has such a huge platform mm. and i w- that's why I was like, I really wanted to work with Pyrejo, and everyone here has been so like open and so kind, and even like doing this like right now, like it's really cool, like how everything like just seems to work together, and everyone mm-hmm. works together. Um, so yeah, because like we're, we're working with Saint right now, um, so so that's what we're we're just trying to like see what we can do and see how we can um, work together. Because I think it, I think what one thing I'm realizing of, especially about making content, I think people are like that. They people want to see other things because I think we've had the conversations about body count, we've had the conversations about X, Y, and Z, and don't get twisted. Those kind of conversations would still be happening on like the platform that we, um, on the show that we that we would potentially be doing, but it would just be coming at it from a different perspective, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why that's why I love this podcast as well because I think it's so important to to have representation of different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just about having black for example it's like it's good to be south have a south um, asian representation as well because i think that's that's what we're all trying to see um, and that's what diversity mean is like just having 
just having different people that can that the people watching can be like okay i relate to that and i think that's really important i think it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this it's quite a fine line though between the idea of representation mm. and then um being people falling into these certain categories of we're going to do this representation but then you have to be this yes for, like for example i think i'd probably say more so with um south asian people there's this expectation that oh we'll get you here but we want you to do this sort of music or that sort right. of thing right. whereas i feel i i obviously this isn't to negate the the different experiences that people from different ethnic backgrounds um, that they experience yeah however i feel like with when it comes to black people i feel like maybe the negative thing in terms of that is that it's like oh yeah we'll put you in something that looks like cool like yeah. that's the thing like uh, uh, there's so many discussions to be had like in terms of like people want to be seen as not necessarily they don't want to be black but yeah. they want to be seen as yeah. black because it's cool yeah. no one actually wants to be seen or be South Asian because right. it's just like I see what you're saying and do you know what's so interesting about that I think like it's how like media represents certain things for example and I, I think like once you have those stereotypes you they they hone in on that and they draw that in into mainstream so that's why I think like having people like um, having shows like when I was younger there was a show like uh, called How to Be Indie um, on the Disney Channel and I loved it because I like that was one of my best shows like um, and the theme song was amazing as well and um, if I could sing I'd be singing right now but <laughs> I, I can't do that uh, what's it called but like it was really good to see like a like an Indian family just be just being themselves like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't about them being Indian, it just so happened mm. that they were. And like, I think that's why I also think that it's really important for like people like um, Willow Smith. She, she literally just did a, a pop, a, a rock song. And it's a great rock song. Yeah. And that's something that you didn't necessarily associate with black people necessarily. Yeah. And I think like even like people like Tyler, the creator, that are just going outside the box mm. because I think now, gone are the days of, of like, oh, okay, um, black people are just going to be doing, the, are just going to be in this box and that's the, the, and that's it. Or gone are the days where it's like, South Asian people are just going to be in this box and that's it. Because I think pe boxing people in doesn't, doesn't show the full, the fullness of a person. Mm. And I think those things of when people like just say, oh, okay, I want, I want a, to fill a quarter, to tick a box. I think that I think that's very dicey because I understand why it's important to have people in positions and in positions of power and to be represented. However, if you're just gonna if you're if you're just gonna hire someone to tick to tick a box, once that box is ticked, the person hired isn't doing anything. Like they're not they're not they're not they're not they're not elevating in that job. They're not growing in that job. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with. Um, with like quarters sometimes it's like you're not actually there to watch and let a person grow you just want to take a box and i feel like that's what we've seen after everything that happened with black lives matter for example yeah and that's the it is tough because you have these um big businesses mm. now that are there's questions being had about the pecking order and the yeah. hierarchy hierarchy and how many 
it's all quotes like how many um, people of this background or of this gender do we have at this level yeah and it is it, it can go one way or the other in terms of like do you hire these people in just to say oh i've got them uh, yeah. arctic in that box or is it because of their talent exactly. and it, it's it's tough because it's like no one should be hired purely based on that to tick a box yeah however it does sometimes i'm a bit like it's just not that simple because yeah. in order for us to get to a place where everyone could be on a level playing field like we kind of do need to have these certain like leniences and positive discrimination and i think that's right. that's why positive discrimination isn't necessarily a um isn't necessarily a negative thing all the time yeah. I, think, I think it's like as long as it's i think mean, if you go head first into it i think it's a bad thing but yeah. like obviously in order for us to there's no point of saying like oh yeah we just we're gonna um let everyone um we're just going to view everyone the same because ultimately you won't do that because of your own implicit bias. Yeah. And even if you were to do like, say like a blind um, interview and you just had the people and you didn't even like look up, look what they look like or um, listen to their voice or anything. And you just had their CV and like an interview of just distorted voice or whatever. You, it's very likely that white cis men are going to have better um, be in better positions like and have better experiences automatically at this current stage in time because that's just the way things run so yeah that's why i feel like it's just i get what people are saying when they're saying that oh like um we shouldn't um just hide people because they're black or because they're brown but at the same time it is something that needs to be considered yeah no definitely and i think like the thing here is that i think that there isn't just one fix and i think that's what people thought like these quarters would do would be like okay now they now people have to now they, these big businesses have to hire like a certain number of black and brown people and um, that would be it but then but then that just brings more questions okay now that these black and brown people are hired thank you but what does that mean for their career progression for example mm. what does that mean for their pay equality and e equality in general and just equity as well because i think that's why that's why you do have more and more people of color starting their own businesses because it's like i'm not going to give so much of myself to somebody else when they're not willing to give back to me mm. so then it's like okay let me start my own and i think um the the idea of making it making your own table and um and instead of trying to fit into a table that just wasn't made for you is really is what is what's been seen now i think like that's why we have like people like tyler perry as well like it's 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 what's been seen but then i think one thing that i find really really interesting i think it would be a really good conversation is the things that um black people can learn from asian people in a way and i'll explain myself because i think when we look at like society right now um when we look at pol politics we see lots of asian people in high positions like priti patel like um the new health um the new health secretary yeah um like we see them in these positions and black people for example they're they're not in those positions or they're not it's not as many of them for yeah. example and i think what 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 what's really interesting is that asian people have been um able to kind of work in the in these spaces that 
like black people but in a different way it might not have been made for them as well mm. but they still managed to um to, to thrive and survive do you see what i'm saying yeah but my honest thoughts on this though is mm. it is this whole model minority situation where um i think you see it sometimes with um east asian people as well they're um, seen as like okay so we're gonna like put some ethnic minorities in higher positions who are we going to put there and when we see south asians in these positions the majority of the time it is um hindus right. like it's very hindu indians basically mm -hmm. it's very um uncommon for um especially in politics as well for anyone who is not from that particular demographic to um, reach that level. Like, I think Sajid Javid is um, Pakistani. Mm -hmm. But basically, it is this sort of idea of, like... And it's all... It's really weird because it goes all the way back to, like, colonial times. Yeah. Whereas, sort of, like, the, the Brits, when they were in... Um, pre-partition um, India were like picking favours with Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, etc. Really? Yeah, but it was always the Hindus or post-partition, post, um, post it was always the Hindus that are sort of kind of given this sort of, oh yeah, we know that you're like the um, more refined, the more... Um, right, yeah. I see. And that's why if you were to look at like demographics, um, because obviously post-partition India is more majority Hindu, Pakistan is majority um, Muslim, right. and the same with Bangladesh, I believe. And there are, there are um, obviously there are Hindus in both of those countries, but like it's just majority. If you look at the levels of like poverty, etc., in the UK, you'll see that British Indians are actually like doing very well, mm. but then British Pakistanis and especially. British Bangladeshis, I believe, are like on the same level as Black African in terms of the really? poverty level. Okay. Yeah, so that's why it's like it's interesting how you've picked up on that, but having because um, obviously you don't know certain like nuances of, of like yeah, yeah yeah and and like to 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 make it clear, first of all, I know I mentioned Priti Patel, that Priti Patel, no, like she, yeah. uh, uh, mm, God himself would deal with him. Um, I just wanted to say that, and then I also just wanted to say like it's very interesting to, for you to mention the nuances because I think that that's that's something that like people don't know, and like that's why history is so important because I think like it's it's important to, for people to understand like the full scope of things and not just how it's represented or not just how it's seen like like because and that's something that I need to do as well um, because I because I also understand that like there are issues that. Um, that Asians face that and, and the Asian community face as well that like that I as a black person my mine won't, won't understand as well because I think that me saying but I do still think that there are some things that like we can we can have a conversation about in terms of how did we how did um how did they how did they get there and how are black people still where we well where we are yeah. in terms of and um, the social economic um, standing in society, in politics, in like, do you get what I mean? Because yeah. I think there is a conversation there because I think there are, there are things that we can both learn from each other in terms of how we can help each other. Because I think that's another thing. Because um, 
when I was in when I was in high school and like just in college and growing up, there was this even there was this somewhat the I don't want to say divide, but there was this um separation. I would say between black and Asian people in terms of how we were together, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that it would be really cool to see more unity as well, because I think that we can, we, there is a lot of that we can like do together, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 I think also there are certain, obviously, um, what's the word? Um, what basically examples of discrimination right. um, on both sides but yeah. I'd say more so in terms of South Asians there's definitely still a lot of anti-blackness that runs right. like throughout yeah. various South Asian communities right. that is an issue like and it goes right to its very core in terms of this whole idea of like fair and lovely like, right it, it, yeah because colorism is an issue that really faces every like is it is an issue that like not just black people face as well because i think that's some that's another thing and i feel like i don't understand that's something i just don't understand because it's like what I don't get that. I don't get it because to me, and like this is this is conversations that I've had with my friends and whatnot. Um, because I was, because now, now I understand that okay, if you're if you're black, whether that's mixed race, whether that's whatever, whatever, whatever you identify as or whatever you um, it is, is 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 you are black. But I do also think that there are nuances within the experiences that somebody that are, that is fairer, for example, would have compared to somebody that is darker. I, I, I think there are nuances. However, the the what colorism has done is it's really exposed the issues that black people as a community has, that South Asian people as a community has, because it's like this isn't this is this might have been started by the by the racist people and like um that might have seeped through them. Um however it is something that we are we as a community of people have still up, upheld. Yeah. And I think that's the issue. It's like why is that and why do we turn on each other? It's really because to me, to me, look, an outsider looking in, I would say like the Asian community, they seem quite united. They seem quite. I mean, that's how it's presented. You would never like me. I would never know that there were these. Um, obviously, like each 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 community of people have their own issues, but I would never know there would be such a divide. If you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because. There are so many times, it, to be honest, I think it's less in Hindus vs Muslims and more India vs Pakistan right. in terms of like that ever since partition there's always been that sense of like angst and this sort of like right. you'll find a lot of people that they like take, you find like a Hindu for example that has no issue with someone just because they're Muslim but then if they're Pakistani then it's all like immediately cuts really? off, yeah. Okay. And it's sad because like, obviously then you have like the previous colonizers at the top who are now just like completely empowered, completely running the country and it's like if we had just put aside our differences, recognized that we were all once one united yes. nation, like yeah. and then come together and mobilize as 
one. This is the thing, and this isn't to say before anyone starts jumping on it, they're like, oh, like, all brown people are the same, all South Asian people right. are the same. Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah. we can still mobilise, we have that common element, right. like, in order that we can mobilise and make change. That's the yeah. way it's going to happen. Yeah, no, because that's all, because I, one of my friends, now, I don't know, but, like, apparently... India and Pakistan were, was one before, like, yeah, and, and were, Bangladesh, like, they were all one, mm. and I, I can't remember what it was called, but, like, it was one. It and was the, just India, yeah. Yeah, 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 and then, um, there was a separation of some sort, and then, now, I guess, other things happened, but now we're here, to where we are now, and I think that, like, it's really interesting how, like, and I can, I, I want to, I, I think that's really interesting how, um, Everyone was all one, and then something happened whereby now there's this divide. Mm. And I think that's also, and what's really interesting about that was like, if you look at places in Nigeria, for example, or places in Africa, for example, again, you have that story of um, before colonizers or before um, colonization, um, people were all one. Yes, they had different tribes or whatnot, yeah, but yeah. they were all one, and then like and I know exactly I know this happened for for African nations and Nigeria specifically when colonization happened then you saw the um the divine and then you saw everything else that happened. I really I really yeah. glad you said that about um the different tribes and still being part of one actually because it's exactly the same in terms of um pre colonial India in right. terms of so India even pre partition India was a British creation in terms of mm. this area of land was mm. still multiple like princely states which yeah. were all like kind of self-governing and getting yeah. on with their own business so in that sense it wasn't necessarily oh we were one big happy right, family right. but it was still coexisting yeah. in that sense I think we, and another thing as well is it's just so mad to think about in terms of it doesn't make any sense because of everything that happened with the partition in terms of so when they made these divides um because the british basically said what is now india is going to be um the majority hindu majority state and what's now pakistan is going to be the muslim majority state right a lot of people had to uproot and leave including like my ancestors really? so if you go and look on a map now yeah. my ancestry mm -hmm. um if you put it on a map yeah. is now Pakistan but I'm oh. still considered to be Indian because to oh. be fair they were from there before it was all one India but wow. then my ethnic um, lineage or lineage yeah. is from that area so it's like oh. what does that even mean you know what I mean yeah. like that's so interesting but I, I think what that just shows is it just the amount of power that the the british empire had to be able to systematically go into a place and just break it break it apart to to suit the narrative that they thought was okay and i think that that just shows that just shows how how embedded in this system racism discrimination all all of these things is and I think that it's it's scary because it's like people people say oh um I people some people say about like when whenever I talk about like um black issues or black black people just want to complain about this black people like just want to say rat -a -tat -a -tat -a -tat -a -tat all all of this stuff 
Um, and they say, oh, if you, if like if if the UK is so bad, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you like you know go back to go back to Nigeria for example and help out there? And like my response to those people and those things uh, when people say that is like the 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 ancestors that I have they they might not be directly my ancestors but like as a as a as as a black person they they came to this country they helped build this country and whilst they were doing that this country was going to Nigeria for example and helped destroying it to what it is today because let's not forget what happened with NSARS because there, there it was found out that um that the British government let's say i was going to say empire i think it's still an empire i mean the queen is still there um was helping out to pay for n stars and regardless of because they can say they can lie and say that oh they didn't know that that's what that's what the money was used for they can say that whether that's a lie or not whatever but i say this point to say that me being here is me or or you being here for example or, or any any person from a big background being from uh being staying in this country and leaving or not being in the in the place where the um, British conquered is them to me is them reaping the fruits of the of the of the ancestors because like you can't tell me that oh um, I helped build something and and I because they didn't get to enjoy what they helped build. they helped build the train lines they helped build um, like the buildings that we're in in this place in this in this country, so you ha they didn't get to enjoy that. So I feel like us. That's why it's really important to see people of color be happy to 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 be in in spaces where um our and our ancestors helped build, but it wasn't for us to be in. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important as well because it's like you're not going to you're not going to push me out of somewhere that. I or we or our ancestors, for example, help build, and I think that's just not that's just not going to happen. No, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's def that was definitely something that needed to be said. <laughs> um, probably coming to the end of the interview now because, like, literally thinking about this, I could literally sit here and talk to you like all evening. However, um, got two hours in it. Well, this is like one hour, but like with music as well. Yes, but um. One final thing that I wanted to talk a bit about was obviously you've got like Black History Month coming yes. out. So I wanted to maybe get your take, um, obviously as someone who is black on, obviously Black History Month is a positive thing in terms of we should be aware of history, um, especially black history and exactly what's happened in its relation to British history as well. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, black history is British history and vice versa, etc. Yeah. But, obviously, there may be some negative connotations here because you have, the, again, this idea of, like, kind of tokenism in yeah. terms of, for example, these companies that will maybe... Because, for example, spoiler alert, Pi Radio has some Black History Month um, content coming up. But right. then, at the end of the day we are black owned and black led and we have a lot of black staff and people that work here so it doesn't yeah. necessarily feel like that's tokenistic yeah. but then you have these companies that say are majority white or yeah. don't necessarily hire that many black people and then 
it comes around to Black History Month and they're kind of like, okay, right, this is the theme for this time. Yeah. Like, what? how do we um, show that we want to be inclusive? Like, like it's basically the equivalent of, like, the last Black Lives Matter surge, we'll call it, yeah. that whole Black Square thing. Right. Like, it is just that is. Do you feel like maybe that kind of overshadows any? Like, I can imagine maybe, like, looking at it and just being a bit like, yeah, it's great that we're saying this, but why is this not happening all year round yeah. especially especially after obviously um during last year when they put forward that petition to try and help bring in more black history into the curriculum yeah and gavin williamson just turned around and was like no yeah I, um i think it's really what i what i've come to learn um is that these organizations and businesses they they they're exactly just that they're just wanting to make money what in whatever way shape or form i think that it's really important for people to know know who they're supporting in a way um and that's even to myself because like even now even after this there might be a time where i'm like supporting something or someone that 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 is that isn't necessarily aligned with you know black people in general period um, but I think I think that to say I think it's still it's important for you to know who you are supporting or like what you're supporting and the and the money in which it's going to if that makes sense. Um, I think the business that come out and say that you you know whether it's authentic or not. You know whether somebody's authentic on or not being authentic in the way they're doing things in the way in which they present things as well. Because if if for example um, if for example. A business decides to come in on October or whatever and say, "Oh, it's Black History Month. Look, look, and that's and that's the time where you see their their one and only black employee, for example, and then they, that's when they push them to the front. It's like, come on, like we know what you're doing here. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, like authenticity within businesses is what you would use to guide and gauge whether or not they are." actually supporting black lives or they actually want people of colour in, in their offices or even have people of colour in their offices. Because that's the thing. These pe these people, these these organisations are, are typically, and this is a stereotype, it might not be, but like typically it, it's run by white middle-aged men. And and that's in all fields. Like I want that to be clear. That's not just in like, um, in like, um, like, medicine or whatever that's in the entertainment business that is in the um medicine business that's in finance everything like everything in this world well not in this world but in this country practically in whatever field you will find a white middle-aged man running like at least it might not be the chair it might not be running it but he's there do you see what i'm saying so i think like and they might be, and, and, and more time, those white women is red are racist. So then it's like they would, they, they, they're only doing certain things to tick a box because they know they don't tick a box now. And thank, and thank God for social media because I feel like that's why social media is good in a way. Mm. It has its issues, but that's why social media is good in a way because I think if it wasn't social media, half of the things that these companies are saying that they care about, care about. They would never, they wouldn't be ten years ago, twenty years ago, fifty years ago. They would never have came out and say anything about that and I feel like it, it, it's really even though everybody's being progressive and stuff like that and that is really important it's really telling that like oh let's see how you actually started 
let's see and obviously times have changed however half of these companies are family-led so it always passes down regardless of whether you see it or not yeah. so i think when it comes to black history month and stuff like that and, and companies coming out and saying whatever just just um i feel like we as human beings know what's what's authentic and what's not and just guide and gauge engage that yeah sure yeah, no, definitely. That's a very, um, what's called, balanced or a and take. Thank you for that. It's a, yes. Yeah, this was really fun. I enjoyed this. No, definitely. Like, and it's nice as well because obviously this is going out on radio, but it's nice to not necessarily do it live. It feels like yeah. a like, relaxed sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, um, for the people out there listening, where can they find both you and um, Creative Foundation yes. and Crisis Talk, etc.? Yes, so, um, so yeah, um, I'm, my name is Halima Fateo on Instagram, and Creative Foundation is Creation Foundation underscore underscore on Instagram. We have a page for Crisis, Crisis Talk, which is called crisistalk.cf or Crisis Talk underscore CF, I think. Um, and yeah, Symphony as well, S-Y-M-P-H-O-N underscore I, I'll send the song. Oh yeah, it's going to play straight after this. Yes, um, I don't know, there's, there's three songs, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we might be at R, we might be the R&B vibe, it, yeah. it's going to be called, the, that song is called Broken Promises, um, and yeah, yeah. Great, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. No, thank you for inviting me, honestly. This was really cool. Thank you. Cheers. So, we're going to end the show with this upcoming song by Symphony. Yes, um, yes. Do we know what it's called? So, this, this the one that I'm going to send to you. Oh, I don't know. Because they have three songs out. You know what? Let's send um, their, their, their most recent song, actually. It's called Sweet Love. Sweet love. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to end the show with Sweet Love by Symphony. So make sure you go check them out. Yeah. But yeah, we will be back next week. Same time, three to five, every Saturday on Pi Radio Manchester's number one. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. <laughs> Manchester's number one youth led radio station, Pi Radio. This has been Mango Masala, the South Asian show. And yeah, we'll see you next week.